Player Profiler Nation. It's Seth Dewald here on Crossover Week, playerprofiler.com, hashtag Crossover Week. Jason Alwine was gracious enough to let me invade the wake and take, invade it, wake up, and give you some takes. So today, we're going to be giving you some of my dynasty takes, some of my dynasty advice for 2023 before the nfl season kicks off what should you be doing with your rosters what trade should you be making i'm going to give you some insight today but first we are going to be talking about the top story of the day which i'm sure everybody is chomping at the bit to to gain more insight into and that's joe burrow joe burrow carted off at uh Bengals practice the other day but the good news is it really feels like they they dodged a bullet with this one. So according to an NFL article uh, that's that's on the NFL website, it, it looks as though they, they dodged a bullet. All right. So Jamar Chase is quoted as saying, we always give each other the nod. Chase said per the athletic, he gave me a nod. He's all right. He's a strong dude. The article goes on to say, I know I'm going to be able to get a lot more out of this training camp. Than I have the last couple, as long as I stay healthy, which is like I said, knock on wood. Nothing's happened yet, Burrow said, per team official, for, per the team official's website. Um, so likely they're gonna put him in bubble wrap, right? They're probably not gonna push him too far, but the video was alarming. He is, you know, he, he was limping toward uh the sideline, he went down immediately, but it looks like it's okay. It looks like uh, he have, they dodged a bullet. Like I said, they're going to go on undergo uh, further testing to see what happened, but it looks to be okay. So, whew, we dodged a bullet with Joe Burrow. Uh, anyway, so moving on, I'm, I'm going to give you some more news later on when I host Player Profiler today. So you're going to if if you haven't. If you if you haven't gotten enough Seth Dewald in your life, I'm going to be on Player Profiler today uh, to talk more about the news. So I'm going to just jump into some of my, I don't know if you want to call them hot takes. I don't know if, what you want to call it, advice. Just Uncle Seth to you, dynasty team building strategy for the month of August. Here we go. That here we go. Like he, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it on you. I'm gonna go position by position. I've got advice for you on every position. So we're gonna start with quarterback. Seth's dynasty takes for 2023. There's a couple quarterbacks. If you need a quarterback this year, it's a good year. Not that it's ever good to need a quarterback, especially in Superflex. But if you need a quarterback. There's a couple out there that you should go get, and one of those players is Geno Smith. Geno Smith is the quarterback that you need to own in Dynasty. So let's start at the very beginning with the contract that he received from the Seahawks. It looks to me like the Seahawks uh, could get out of this contract in 2025, and in 2026, Geno Smith is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. So this looks to be a good deal for both sides, to be honest with you. Geno Smith gets some money. But it doesn't quite equal the lucrative lucrative contracts of some of the league's top quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. Ha ha ha. Not really. Just kidding. Um, but you get my point. So it's the Seahawks. They get they get a good deal here. Geno Smith gets a good deal. So needless to say, he's going to be on the Seahawks. 
for at least a couple more years. And when we're building our dynasty teams, we do it in two to three year windows. It's hard to imagine a world outside of, you know, a two to three year window. I mean, in fact, most dynasty leagues on average last about two and a half to three years. So this is perfect. This is this is a perfect time window. We know that Geno Smith is likely going to be with the Seahawks for at least two years. So let's take a look at what Geno Smith did last year. He finishes the quarterback five overall and the quarterback eight in fantasy points per game. Last season, Smith ranked number nine in pass attempts. In fact, he passed more than Russell Wilson ever did in a Seahawks uniform. It's crazy, crazy stat. He was number three in money throws. He was also number one in danger plays and interceptable passes. But you could argue, you can make the argument, and I'm not saying it's a good thing that he's putting the ball in danger for the offense, but for fantasy football, I mean, we all remember James Jameis Winston. That was great for fantasy football. He threw like 40, 40 interceptions or whatever. So you could argue that this is actually good for fantasy football as it shows that he's willing to push the ball down the field into danger. In fact, the stats back that up. He's number nine in yards per attempt, number four in true completion percentage, number five in deep ball completion percentage. And, and the best stat, I think, is he's number eight amongst quarterbacks in carries. So he does have some rushing upside as well. And this offense is going to be really potent. I mean, Geno Smith, like I said, he has the potential to be the, a top five quarterback again because of this rushing ability. And he only scored one rushing touchdown last year. I, I, I would I would venture to say that Geno Smith is going to score more than one rushing touchdown. And you look at the division, you start to look around, you have some teams here for the next couple years I mean, the, the Rams defense, do you see that getting better anytime soon? The Cardinals are going to be a bad defense. And the 49ers, while they have a, a really tough defense, they're likely going to be in some shootout games. I, I could see this being a low-key shootout division. And this, dare I say, this Seahawks offense with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Kenneth Walker. And, the, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, they also added – Zach Charbonnet to the offense. So they add another weapon to the offense. And sure, he Smith's 32 years old, but the Seahawks appear committed to him at least for the next couple years. And how many times in Dynasty will you be able to acquire a quarterback who's 32 years old? I've heard many times that age doesn't matter with quarterbacks, except when it comes to Geno Smith, apparently. Who, who is a top-five quarterback, finishes a top-five quarterback on the – arguably best offense in the NFL, you can go out and acquire him on keep trade cut. He's ranked as the quarterback 21. And yes, that's in super flex. That ranking's a joke. Go get him now. There's another quarterback that you need to go get. He is from Iowa. Well, I don't know if he's from Iowa, but he went to school at an Iowa school. He's a dog. He's Brock Purdy. All right, so Brock Purdy is the other quarterback you need to go get in Dynasty. And don't let my words try to convince you. Let Kyle Shanahan's words convince you to go get Brock Purdy in Superflex and Dynasty. Here is what Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers, had to say about Brock Purdy. He says, we noticed it got better. We noticed it with every rep he got. It was two reps for the first couple of practices. What you noticed was he didn't mess around. It was so decisive on what he did. He didn't try to overly impress us with the first rep like, hey, I'm going to make a big play. He just 
he just whatever the play call was, whatever the two reps were, he did that. He was like a machine. By the end of OTAs, I was like, man, this young guy's a machine. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep him on the practice squad because he's probably going to do well in the season. And that was before, uh, you know, before the season started in 2022. That's uh, an article written by Kyle Posey at SB Nation. He calls Brock Purdy a machine, a machine, the machine like Burt Kreischer. Uh, by all accounts, Brock Purdy has the inside track to be the San Francisco 49ers quarterback to open up the NFL season. Assuming his elbow is good to go post-surgery, which it, it appears as though it will be. So this is coming directly from the coach. So it's only a matter of time before Purdy starts to get steamed up draft boards. As the season, as we get closer and closer and closer to the season, it's probably going to be tougher and tougher and tougher to get Brock Purdy. So I would go get him now. Um, and right now is the opportunity to trade for him while he's still discounted. So in fact, starting in week 13, which is the first week, Purdy was named the starting quarterback. Purdy finished as the quarterback nine in PPR scoring. During that time period, he finished ahead of quarterbacks such as Justin Fields and Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson. So there aren't many chances. Again, same theme with Geno Smith to go get a quarterback who is young in an offense like this with George Kittle, with Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. I know Purdy was a seventh round pick but he's a clear favorite to win the job. And he showed that he can do the job. He can not only do the job, but excel at the job. And Shanahan absolutely loves this guy. And you should too. So those are my two quarterbacks that you should go get in, in dynasty. Let's move to the running back position. Let's move to the running back position and let's talk about Kenneth Walker. Okay. A lot's been made about, Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet. And to me, the conversation is a little silly because Kenneth Walker is clearly the better player. I know he might not have the pass catching upside that we might like in Dynasty, but when you're playing in these Dynasty leagues, bet on talent. And Kenneth Walker possesses elite speed and size and athleticism for a running back that's just 22 years old. All right, he scored in the 96th percentile on speed score, was dominant in college. Not only that, but Walker is in that offense with Geno Smith, with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and now JSN. And I get it. People are scared because the Seahawks drafted Charbonnet. But this, this was out of need. You have to think about what these NFL teams are doing. On average, I believe there's about 15 to 16 first-round like players that NFL teams have a first-round grade on. So when you're picking in the second round, sometimes you're doing it out of positional need. If you don't see another guy on the board that you like, you're just you're going off of your your board uh, and and what your team need is potentially. And the, the Seahawks lost Rashad Penny and Travis Homer to free agency, and they needed a replacement for those two guys. Walker's clearly the better player here in this situation in an offense that's going to score a ton of points and therefore a ton of fantasy points. So how many chances will you have to go get a young, super athletic running back in a dynamic offense who's now at a discount because of this belief, the narrative that Charbonnet is going to eat into his touches? I really don't understand why Walker. I mean, he's just the RB8 overall and the number 43 player in Superflex formats, according to the public, according to Keep Trade Cut. And my theory is that uh, 
my theory is Walker's clearly uh, better and he's going to get about 60% of the opportunities, which is good enough to propel him into that RB1 territory uh, where he finished. I mean, he last year he finished as the RB16 in fantasy points per game. And he, he had the number 16 snap share as a rookie. So my guess is the same kind of opportunity is going to be there, probably even more because he's proven it. So go take the discount. In 2022, Kenneth Walker ranked number three in breakaway runs, number eight in breakaway run rate. And that's a direct correlation to the athleticism that he possesses. There's also another couple running backs that you should go get that I'm not going to go into super detail because they are player profiler favorites. And you know, these guys, Antonio Gibson is still being discounted too heavily in leagues. He's clearly the best running back that the Washington commanders have. You should go get him now. And he he's also young. He's still 24, 25 years old. And of course it wouldn't be a player profiler show. If I didn't mention Roshan Johnson, Roshan Johnson is the most versatile running back that the Chicago Bears have. He's clearly their best pass catcher. He's clearly their best in pass protection. It's only a matter of time. I I believe that he's going to start taking over by week six. I'm on the record as saying this. I think he's clearly their most talented running back on the roster. They clearly have the most invested in him. But it's only a matter of time. Roshan Johnson is Thanos. He's inevitable. Go get him now. It, I mean, it's possible that Khalil Herbert or Donta Foreman leads the opera. I mean, it's. It, I'll admit it's possible that the one of those two running backs leads the Bears in opportunities this season, but not next season, not the season after, because I really believe that this is Roshan Johnson's backfield. Let's move to wide receiver. So you, I've been very positive, all right? This is unlike Seth being very positive. I've been told by Matt Babbage that I'm, uh, I could be negative. All right. And I'm about to be negative. And I'm probably going to say something that uh, might offend you. It might hurt you deeply. But I think it's true. I have to be honest with the audience, even if it's something that they don't want to hear. And I'm here to tell you that you need to sell Garrett Wilson. All right. Because I don't think his value is going to get much higher. Look, everyone knows that I'm skeptical of Aaron Rodgers, but I'm also skeptical of Garrett Wilson for many of the same reasons, right? I'm, I'm not sure Rodgers is going to be able to elevate this offense at 40 years old when he's shown signs of aging last year. I mean, last year, number 47 in catchable pass rate. That's no bueno, ladies and gentlemen. Number 26 in QBR. Now, his true at passer rating and accuracy rating were in the top 12 at number 12, but Rodgers brought the Green Bay posse with them to New York. Rodgers brought the Green Bay crew, Alan Lazard and uh, Randall Cobb. He wants to play some of those classic rock hits. He wants some of those, you know, Freebird routes. He wants, you know, what's what's another classic route? He he wants Aaron Rodgers wants what Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with. He's an old guy. I don't blame him. He's old now. He's in his 40s. He's a man. He's 40 years old. So this this is this is very interesting situation. Don't forget about McCole Hardman. They brought they signed McCole Hardman as well. So they're sneaky. I know some people might laugh at this, but he, Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with what he's comfortable. Like he's happy with what he's comfortable with, and he's comfortable with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. 
And Rodgers also restructured his contract, which could potentially open the door for another receiver. I'm not saying that the Jets are going to go out and sign Devontae Adams, but wouldn't it be a classic Aaron Rodgers move to to just in his final year? I don't know. I guess he could play. I, I guess he's going to play multiple years after this one. But just to just destroy our fantasy hopes as, you know, Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson uh, devout, like compete for targets in this offense that's has a good defense and Aaron Rodgers is going to play slow. So the opportunities aren't going to be there. And he's more familiar with somebody like Devontae Adams. If that happens, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. All right. The fact is that I, it's not that I don't like Garrett Wilson. It's just, I don't like where, how highly he's being valued in the dynasty community. The truth is I don't like his current value, right? I mean, he should be ranked closer to the Chris Olaves of the world. The, and, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, he definitely shouldn't be ranked ahead of CD lamb in dynasty. And I'm not sure it, it all comes back to, I'm not sure he's ever going to be valued higher than he is today. I don't think he's going to elevate this season. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to elevate Garrett Wilson into the top tier. I don't think we're ever going to be mentioning, mentioning him in the same breath as Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase. I just don't think we're ever going to get there. I think we could be doing that with Amon Ross St. Brown. In fact, I think I like Amon Ross St. Brown uh, ahead of uh, Garrett Wilson. And I have some, some, some stats to back that up, right? You could go find this on Twitter. I tweeted this. All right. So Garrett Wilson is 22.9 years old. He ranked number six in targets, number 19 in yards after the catch, number 29 in yards per route run, number 60 in target separation, number 39 in route win rate and number 25 in deep targets. His 63.9% catchable target rate, ranked number 92 amongst wide receivers last season. Amon Ross St. Brown is 23.6 years old. He ranked number eight in targets, number four in yards after the catch, number nine in yards per route run, number 64 in target separation, number two in the NFL in route win rate, number 96 in deep targets. His catchable target rate was 78.1% or number 38 amongst wide receivers. And I'm on Ross St. Brown because maybe because he was drafted later because he's a half a year older, 0.7 years older than Garrett Wilson is being drafted in some leagues, almost a half around to around later than Garrett Wilson. I, it doesn't make much sense to me because the Lions offense is much more certain, right? I mean, they're talking a contract extension with Jared Goff, potentially. You might, I mean, say what you want to about Goff, but he's not going to run around a ton and he's going to deliver short, accurate passes. So for all those reasons and more, I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown over Garrett Wilson and Dynasty. And I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it. All right. I also might offend you by saying that you should sell Christian Watson in Dynasty, right? For the same reason, right? I mean, he's living off of four games last season. I get it. The athletic profile is great, but uh, I'll just get into it. Some some might be calling for my head, right? But I'm not buying the hype on this receiver. He's 24 years old, okay? But his breakout, if you want to call it a breakout, came with Aaron Rodgers over a four-game stretch with an unsustainable touchdown rate. 
Now, we're we are going to be looking for him to put up similar production in an offense without Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think this is going to be a pretty year for the Packers. Additionally, Watson ranked number 62 amongst wide receivers in route win rate and number 78 in target separation. He does run routes deep down the field. He ranked number 12 in yards per route run, and his true catch rate ranked number seven amongst wide receivers. So there's, there are some things to like. His profile is impressive. So this this ranking may come back to bite me in the butt, but I need to see more from him in 2023 to move him up the ranks. I mean, he's consistently being drafted ahead of receivers like DJ Moore, right? And I just can't get there with Christian Watson. Also, do we really think the Packers offense this season and going forward, do we really think that they're going to pass the ball a ton? I mean, Dynasty Gamers are giving... Justin Fields and the Bears saying, oh, my gosh, you don't want you can't touch DJ Moore, get him out of here, trade him away. The Bears are not going to pass the ball. The passing volume is going to be an issue. Well, how could you not say that about the Packers? Do you really think the Packers are going to pass the ball more than they did last year? I don't think so. If if I mean, this this is Matt LaFleur we're talking about from San Francisco. I mean, he wants to run the ball. You're arguably your most talent. Two of your most talented players on offense are Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So I I wager that they lean on the running game, and that's going to be mean limited opportunities for for players like Christian Watson. And at his price, I just it's all it all comes down to price. If if he were being drafted in dynasty startups in the seventh or eighth round, or if he wasn't uh, being valued as highly as he was, I'd be more in on Christian Watson, but uh, I, I am not. I'm skeptical going forward. Let's move to the tight end position. We are approaching approaching uh, the 30-minute mark. Again, click the like button, subscribe to the channel, be sure to tune into Wake and Take every day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. to, I mean, what better way to start your day than with some fantasy football takes? I mean, fantasy football is what brings people together, brings you here to shows like this. It brings your buddies together. I mean, fantasy football is amazing. I mean, it's, it's I love it. You love, I mean, we all love it. And the content that we are putting out at Player Profiler is second to none. I mean, nobody's doing more than we're doing. Not to sound like Trump or something, but nobody's doing more than Player Profiler. Uh, so I, I we appreciate you, and uh, we 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 can't thank you enough because our audience means everything to us. So hopefully you like it. Hopefully, hopefully you like it, and you can just express how you feel by clicking the like button, subscribing to the channel. And we've been seeing a, an influx in subscribers. So we thank you for that. We're going to round out this episode with tight ends. All right. So I'm going to give you one obvious one and then two other tight ends that I'm going to be personally looking to trade for as we approach the NFL season. And the first tight end, and, and you're going to go Seth. Really? Really, Seth? But I, I do believe that Kyle Pitts is being undervalued right now. To me, the Kyle Pitts conundrum is simple. You got to trust the athleticism, right? Situations change all the time in Dynasty, and the truth is Kyle Pitts is one of the most athletic tight ends we have ever seen enter the NFL. 
Pitts became the second rookie tight end ever to eclipse a thousand yards receiving as a tight end. And we all know if we listen to Matty Kiwum on the trade gods or wherever you listen to Matty Kiwum, it's, it's the second tight end of Dick Buckus. I mean, Dick Buckus, well, it wasn't Dick Buckus. It was Mike Ditka, but we get the point. It was one of those badass Bears players that broke uh, that had over a thousand rece- yards receiving as, as a, you know, as a tight end. So the truth is that this is, this, it's not a coincidence that Pitts did this in his rookie season, especially considering he was playing with Matt Ryan towards the end of Ryan's good days as a quarterback. I mean, Pitts absolutely deserves to be in this position in your dynasty, in your dynasty startup draft. If you need further convincing, here are some stats for you. I mean, Pitts ranked number one in air yard share, number one in deep targets, number one in air, unrealized air yards last season. Additionally, he only caught three tu- he's only caught three touchdowns in two years. He's only caught three touchdowns in two years. How is that possible with a player like Kyle Pitts, a, a red zone fiend, an absolute monster of a player? How do you take this guy in the top 10 and not use him in the red zone? I don't know. I think that's bound to change, though. I think it almost has to. I think the talent and the athleticism is going to demand that volume in the red zone. And you're going to want to get him now because I I genuinely don't know if he's going to be valued any lower. Because I remember after his rookie season, he was being drafted in the first round in Superflex tight end premium startups. I remember because I was in those I was in those draft rooms. And at that price, I was like, ooh, <laughs> ahead of uh Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, I don't know about that. But now he's going in the fourth round, fifth round. And at that price, I'm in. And he is ranked as the number two tight end according to keep trade cut. Uh so he it's not gonna be cheap. But last season, he was playing with Marcus Mariota. Desmond Ritter would almost have to be better this year. But even if Desmond Ritter's not good, I mean, they don't have much. Atlanta doesn't have much invested in Desmond Ritter. They'll be on the lookout for another quarterback. And you look at the quarterbacks who could potentially be available. I mean, Kyler Murray might be sitting out there. Kirk Cousins might be sitting out there for a team that looks to be trying to win sooner rather than later. So go by Kyle Pitts. So now now two more not-so-obvious tight ends that you should go get in your dynasty leagues. Uh, the next one is Greg Dulcich. And, and Greg Dulcich, we don't have much to go on with his stats from last season. I mean, he had a couple good weeks, really good weeks, where he was in the you know in top-tier tight end conversation. This is has everything to do with what Sean Payton said. And Sean Payton's not necessarily somebody who's going to, you know, just straight up lie to us like other coaches. So his quote on NFL.com is, he said, I've been lucky enough to have Jeremy Shockey, Jason Witten, Jimmy Graham, and I'm probably leaving out a few guys, Payton said. I'm not saying this young player will be just like them, but he's got traits that are exciting. And today was one of those days where you begin to have a vision. And the position that Peyton is going to be talking about in this next quote is the Joker position. So the Joker player for us is not a receiver. Peyton explained, 
It's either a running back or a tight end with exceptional ball skills, and then you work. You can work matchups. We've had that at running at the running back position. Reggie Bush was the Joker, Darren Sproles, and Alvin Kamara. Those were all unique players, not just in the running game, but they had passing game sets that allowed you to do multiple things, and I think Greg does too. So high praise coming from Sean Payton, who's going to be looking to rejuvenate this Denver Broncos passing attack. You look at the pass catchers in the offense, and at on the surface level, you'd think, ooh, that's a bit crowded, Seth. But there were players, there were you know, rumors that the Broncos were going to trade Cortland Sutton. They were going to trade Jerry Judy before the trade that or before the NFL draft. And I, I really believe that we'll see what happens, but I, I believe those rumors are going to kick up once again, come the NFL trade deadline. I think it's possible. I mean, they show the NFL teams show you what they are going to do by the moves they make. And the first draft pick that the Denver Broncos make under Sean Payton, not only do they draft a wide receiver in Marvin Mims, but they trade up to do so. That tells me that this was not only a must draft player for Sean Payton, but he sees it as a position of need. He sees the offense and he goes, huh, I need some more to work with here. I need more than Cortland Sutton. I need more than Jerry Judy. And the fact that he's talking up Greg Dulcich is a really good sign. So this is something that's going under the radar. I think, I don't know if the buddies in your dynasty leagues are going to be aware of this. So go get Greg Dulcich while you can. I can't end the show without making it a bear show. This is what I do every time. This guy just got a contract extension from the Chicago bears. I really believe and you might have been frustrated by him last season, but I really believe now's the time to go get Cole Komet. So like I said, the the Bears just rewarded Komet with a brand new contract, so he is going to be tied to Justin Fields for a while. And as you all know, I am very, very high on Justin Fields. I think as in college, he was an elite passer at Ohio State. He was pass first. He was rushing out of necessity last year because the offense was an absolute dumpster fire. If you watch the Bears, you would, you would know that their offensive line was among the worst in the NFL in pass protection. It should be a lot better this season. And Cole Komet should be the benefactor of the defenses that play the Bears are going to have to pay attention to Justin Fields' legs, to DJ Moore, and that's going to open up windows uh, for Cole Komet. So last season, Komet finished the season strong, and as a result, he finishes the tight end eight overall. I mean, that's... I don't know if many people know that. Komet is another player that gets separation as a tight end. I mean, he ranked number four in the amongst tight ends in target separation. So he's going to get open for Justin Fields. And we also know that Komet is going to be on the field, which is a – I don't know if you guys know this, but that's a prerequisite to fantasy points is you have to be on the field. Komet ranked number one in snap share, number three in route participation amongst tight ends in 2022. And while I would agree that this is going to be a run heavy offense, the bears are likely going to be in the bottom half. I don't know about the bottom third, but I would bet the bottom half in the NFL in pass attempts. But I would bet also that Komet is going to get his fair share of opportunities because like I said, Justin Fields is also a passer at his core. And the NFL teams tell you what they 
they tell you the truth by the moves they make. And the Bears gave Komet a contract extension. I mean, this is a player that led the team in receiving last year. And clearly, this is a player that they see themselves building their franchise with. It's a tight end. I mean, they paid a tight end uh, for a team that is coming off having the number one pick in the NFL draft. So they had every motivation to kind of view him as, all right, you've been uh, kind of disappointing to this point. Uh, but the reality is he, he's been a bright spot on that team and the Bears rewarded him and his dynasty value really hasn't ticked up to the point where it should. So I think that Cole Komet could break out in a Bears offense that's going to be exciting this season. So go get Cole Komet in your dynasty leagues. And that and those are the moves I'm making. Those are the players I'm buying. Those are the players I'm selling. Let me know what you think in the comments. Don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel for Jason, for myself, Seth Dewald. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore Dewald if you want any more of my zany fantasy football takes. That is the episode. That is Wake and Take. I've woken up. I've given you takes. So thank you so much for watching. Be good, everybody, and enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your day. And go Bears. Nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. Bye-bye, everybody.